Back in my days, they used bare aspirin for contraceptives. The gals put it between their knees. Forcing women to have an ultrasound before an abortion is justified because they already made the decision to be vaginally penetrated when they got pregnant. The agenda of Planned Parenthood includes sexualizing young girls through the Girl Scouts. The vast majority of abortions are matters of lifestyle convenience. A woman impregnated through rape should accept that horribly created gift. The gift of human life. Accept what God has given you and make the best of a bad situation. Why should the government force you to insure for contraceptives? Forcing women to have an ultrasound before an abortion is justified because they already made the decision to be vaginally penetrated when they got pregnant. Back in my days, they used bare aspirin for contraceptives. The gals put it between their knees. If we're going to pay for your contraceptives and thus pay for you to have sex, we want you to post the videos online so we can all watch. A woman impregnated through rape should accept that horribly created gift. The gift of human life. Accept what God has given you and make the best of a bad situation. These aren't our words. They're all real things said by prominent members of the Republican Party. Judging from their comments, the GOP must have a serious problem with women. And until the Republicans get over their issues, we women have got a serious problem with the Republican Party. Blonde.org Political Action is responsible for the content of this advertisement. Live from NPR News in Washington, I'm Noor Rahm. Officials in Pittsburgh are holding a news conference in about an hour to give an update on yesterday's attack on a synagogue. A gunman opened fire, killing 11 people and wounding six others, including four police officers. A 46-year-old man is in custody. From member station WESA, Amy Sisk reports hundreds of people gathered for a vigil last night. Aaron Rubin has visited Tree of Life several times, and he's a member of a nearby synagogue. He has been quietly processing the shooting and says he came to the vigil because it's important to show support for the city's entire Jewish community. Hopefully this will be the last thing that occurred that makes the rest of the country from every walk of life realize hate has no place anywhere. Ruben and several others in attendance called for action on gun control to prevent more mass shootings. For NPR News, I'm Amy Sisk in Pittsburgh. President Trump expressed sorrow about the shootings while campaigning for a Republican congressman in Murfreesboro, Illinois yesterday. For member station WSIU, Steph Whiteside reports. President Trump began by condemning the shooting at a synagogue in Pittsburgh and saying he would tone down his speech. And if you don't mind, I'm going to tone it down just a little bit. Is that okay? Trump is the first sitting president to visit Southern Illinois since 1995. He was greeted by an eager crowd along with a small contingent of protesters. His speech touched on all the standard topics from his campaign. Jobs, immigration, trade, tax cuts, and steel. And I don't want to be rude, but your steel industry was dead as a doornail, and now it's a hot industry. For NPR, I'm Steph Whiteside in Carbondale, Illinois. President Trump is declaring a Civil War memorial in Kentucky a national monument, his first such designation as president. NPR's Nathan Rott reports that Trump previously had used his authority to scale back protections for some areas in the West. Trump has been a frequent critic of national monuments during his tenure, moving to shrink two that were established by his Democratic predecessors. 
Bears Ears National Monument, established by President Obama in southeast Utah, was shrunk by about 85% under Trump. Grand Staircase Escalante, created by President Clinton, was cut by about half. The new National Monument in Kentucky, Camp Nelson, will honor African-American soldiers in the Civil War. Interior Secretary Ryan Zinke celebrated the move in a statement, adding in a tweet that it's a site that can unite the American people. Nathan Ross, NPR News. Brazil is holding a presidential election today. Polls suggest the likely winner will be Zaire Bolsonaro, a far-right congressman. He's promised to crack down on crime and to cut the size of government. Bolsonaro has been leading since the first round of voting three weeks ago. His challenger is the left-leaning Fernando Hagashi. You're listening to NPR News from Washington. Coming up next on the serious side. Six-year-old Cesar Altieri Sayoc is pictured wearing a Make America Great Again hat at a Trump rally. Live from the Trump next president. And this is video of the accused bomber waving an anti-CNN banner at a Trump rally in Florida in 2017. This wicked act of mass murder is pure evil, hard to believe, and frankly something that is unimaginable. Our nation and the world are shocked and stunned by the grief. Well, it is racist because, because truly you do get in trouble if you are a white person who puts on yeah, black face yeah. for Halloween or a black person who puts on white face yeah. for Halloween. Like, I, back when I was a kid, that was okay as long as you were dressing up as like a character. They have spent the last eight years obsessed We're trying to undermine, sabotage, repeal that law that makes sure you're not discriminated against because of pre-existing conditions. These same Republicans are running millions of dollars worth of ads around the country saying we're going to protect pre-existing conditions. Welcome to the serious side of the J. Ryle Show with Miss Kathleen Williams, Mr. Jerome Esprit, Mr. L.E.S., and the official texter of the show, Mr. Johnny D. Now here is your host, J. Ryle. Sunday morning to you folks. Today is October 28th, and you're in tune to the serious side of the J. Ryle Show, which happens every Sunday morning right here. On the TGRS Radio Network Online Radio, and it's best like the man said, I'm Jay Ryle. Thank you so much for spending a portion of your Sunday morning with us. Glad you guys can be here. But as always, I'm never by myself. Let me introduce you to uh, colleagues and friends of the show. First up, here's a voice you haven't heard in a long time. Uh, she's an author. She's a host of uh, television and radio shows. Let's say good morning to our dear friend, Doctor Princess Odia. Good morning. How are you? And nothing's changed. I, she doesn't have I, a mic on. Okay. She's, yes, 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 I'm right here. Right. What do you expect? <laughs> I there said, you go. You know what, what I said? Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. How are you doing? Good, Great. I missed you guys. How are you? 
And we missed you as well. We're we're fine. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I, I had I had you on mute and it was I had to run and uh take I you off. I get it. <laughs> got it, got it. All right. The man who gets the first and last word here on the serious side. The man who really runs everything around here, the one and only Mr. Elias. Good morning, sir. How are you? Good morning, sir, and how are you doing this morning? And good morning, Doctor Adelia. How are you guys doing this morning? Oh, I'm well. Good morning. Good morning, Miss Elias. Miss <laughs> <Ms. Yes>. Kathleen <laughs> Williams, you know, she works. This is a work day for her, so uh, she'll pop in when she gets an opportunity. Our good friend and dear friend, uh, Jerome Esprit, smartest man in the world, usually checks in after his commitment with Clear Channel Radio. And, of course, the resident texter, Johnny D, usually tunes in as well. He'll be checking in later in the show. The number is 347-850-1272. A lot to get into. Uh, let me break it down for you this morning. Uh, we're going to talk about Trump's America in the first set, bombs, guns, and hate. That's what's going on right now in America, folks, and be prepared for it. Also, second set, uh, welcome back, YTP. Your thoughts, please, we'll do that. Coming up in the second set should be fun. And, of course, the third set, we're going to focus our attention on the midterms. Early voting is starting now. Hopefully you can find out where early voting is occurring in your neck of the woods, and you need to get out and vote. Once again, 347-850-1272, chat room. If you hear Mr. Elias's voice, should be open. You can all make your way uh-huh. there, make comments, and of course, we are monitoring our social media places that we normally monitor throughout the course of the show, and our director of social media outreach, Jackie, usually comes in and tells you how you can stay in contact with the show when the show's not live, which 95% of you do. All right, once again, 347-850-1272, let's get this thing started. Let's past week, uh, two tragedies tragedies occurred here in this country. Uh, earlier in the week, we had a guy out of Florida who was mailing bombs to all the prominent Democratic figures, President Obama, Vice President Biden, Attorney General Eric Holder, I mean, uh, Debbie Washington Anybody that Schultz, spoke out against uh, Trump. <laughs> Anybody that spoke yeah, out against Trump. Is- yeah, anyway, pretty much the whole list. I mean, he, he could have just sent it to the whole Democratic Party, which he almost did. Cory Booker, I mean, just so many people. They found this guy. When they found him, they found his band full of stickers, which is something that I thought was unbelievable. So here we are. And then obviously last yesterday, a shooting at a, Jew, uh-huh. at a Jewish synagogue. I mean, 11 people dead. Uh, this guy online uh, with just uh, – just anti-Semitic, uh, uh, just rants and raves. Where are we? Mr. Elias, let me start with you, man. I, I mean, listen, I'm not going to sit here and pretend that this didn't happen under President Obama. But my God, man, it, I mean, let me put it this way. Is it fair to blame Trump for the rhetoric? Because think about it. You know, one of the things that people talked about President Obama, he was the consoler-in-chief. I mean, there were so many mass shootings under his presidency. Are we? Is this one of these situations where we're blaming you know, Trump for something that's been going on in America forever in a day. Uh, hate, man. It, it, this guy spews hate constantly. So what do you expect okay. to happen? I watched, I watched something on uh, Rachel Maddow the other night that was amazing to me. And it's okay. Trump, Trump, Trump Canese or whatever they are. These guys are, they, they, if you're out at a Trump rally, and you are protesters, like in New York or California, these guys follow you, and they attack you. You know, yeah. these, these are the biggest hypocrites in the world. These cats 
always talk about this is America, Jack. In, in America, about freedom of speech. Shouldn't we have freedom of speech here? You know, Trump speaks his mind freely. Why? Why can't everybody else? You know, and everybody, everybody applauds him for speaking his mind freely. Everybody's ah, oh, he's ah, oh, he tells it like it is. No, he doesn't. He lies constantly. So it's, it's just it's ridiculous to me. He spews a lot of hate, man. He spews a lot of hate. So that that's where it comes from. You know, when does he ever come on on the TV and 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 really just talked and said, hey, look, you know, and been presidential. I, I have, I you know, I you know, I'm sympathetic towards people. He has no empathy towards anyone except for himself. He's a he's a narcissist, man. It's just ridiculous. You know, uh, when we talk about this, the, the tip, the the, the uh, atmosphere and the environment, you know, it goes back to like I said before, and I'll ask you the same question, Doctor Prince. I mean, is it fair to blame Trump for this? This has been going on forever. I mean, so is it fair to say that Donald Trump is the reason why people are killing folks? And listen, we just had last year a Democrat uh, shoot up Republicans at a uh, Republican baseball practice. So once again, is it fair to say? That because President Trump is not your ordinary president, uh, the bottom line is that we should blame him for some of the discourse that's going on here and lay the blame exclusively at his feet. At his feet. Well, I don't. I wouldn't say that it was exclusively his fault because these things have been happening and and it's it's been progressing with time. It's been progressing with as as even as technology um, advances and we have more access to share what we do and to be more out with it. What I will say that I believe that Trump views and way of being in terms of how he speaks his mind and he's out with it, I believe that more people um, feel more comfortable being who they really are, acting the way they really want to act, and feel as though they are excused by it because Trump is excused by it. So I I think that he has inspired um, some people to really be more out with their, um, their negative aspects, their their hate crimes, their whatever, they, they feel justified because he comes with that type of energy. But I'm not going to say it's solely his fault. I'll say he's, he's inspired a growth, just an expansion of what has already been, and we're seeing more of it. I, I, but I, it's not solely him. That's, that's to say that because of him, everybody's doing this. But no, it's not because of him. It's just it was what it was, but I believe he's definitely caused for more people to be more comfortable with it. You so know, in other words, you're saying that hate, he's providing cover. <laughs> you're saying yeah, he's I, providing cover for those who have had these thoughts uh, embedded in them for a very long time. All he's done is made it vote for them to come out and say, hey, you know what, the bottom line is is that, uh, you know, I'm, I'm with Trump and, and, uh, and that's just the way it's going to be. I guess that's what I you're think saying. In, in the way, I, I think in the way that they do, 
Like, like you know, I, I just think that people are more bold about it. They're not walking so quiet. They're not, they're not kind of doing it anymore. They're not, you know, being, you know, kind, they're not kind of doing it. Now they're, like, out with it. Like, let's bring a group with it. You know, I probably would have snuck and tried to di- do something on the side myself. But, you know, hey, I could do this. I could speak my mind. I can, I can you know... <laughs> sexually harassed, I can hate folks, my president hates people, you know, and my president boldly, he, he speaks out about, it. he doesn't care it, the, the perception is that he doesn't care, so hey, we're good, this is what we do now, I think people are more bold with it, they were already doing it, but I think they're more bold, more more voiceful with it Celia, it sound like you wanted to say something no, I, I have to agree with her. I have to agree with Princess Adia. Believe it or not, I have to agree with her. She's right. They're they're involved with it, man. <laughs> they are. I mean, the, he said, believe you know, it or not. <laughs> yeah, believe it. Right. You know, I, I very rarely agree with you, Doctor <laughs> D. I really do very rarely. <laughs> I know. But I, I agree totally with you. I mean, they're very they're very involved with it. They they don't care. They just don't care. Yeah. We're just gonna we're gonna be racist. We're gonna do this. We're gonna do that. I don't care. And usually I have some great choice words for them. You know, and I, I love cussing them out. I do. I, I, I'm not going to say I don't like cussing them out. I love cussing them out. And I cuss them out at work constantly. And they, they, they don't even talk to me about it anymore. I do. I, I don't care anymore. If you're going to be that bold, then well, I am too. I am too. Well, we already, we already know that you, that you love doing it during the show. And, you know, people call <laughs> here and want to get in and make racist comments, just FYI, you know, stuff that happens behind the scenes that you guys don't hear, Mr. Elias, he, you know, Mr. Elias sets him up, I'm not going to put his tricks out there, but you know, he loves this stuff, and he really gets a rise out of this, 347 the other horrific thing that happened with you yesterday, and this guy goes into, people are, let me ask you this, man, people are talking about how Facebook, and this is the, here's where reality needs to kick in here because people talk about what Facebook should be able to monitor this stuff. Do you know how many users Facebook has, Mr. Elias? I mean, how can they, you know, how can they control this? This is almost like when people talk about we need to put a wall around the southern border. Do you understand how long that is? There was someone, there was a, 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 a statement put out earlier this week that if we brought back every soldier that we have stationed around the world and line them up shoulder to shoulder, you still would not have enough people to cover the southern border. It is unrealistic. So is it fair, Ms. Delias, for us to say that Facebook should be able to monitor this stuff? Because I remember folks used to say, well, you know, there are certain things you can't say over the telephone. If you say, hey, I'm going to kill the president, all of a sudden the FBI people are showing up at your door. And I'm like, okay, let me test this theory a few years ago. And I said it, and nobody showed up. So we talk about how the phone systems have all these different things, and, oh, you can't say certain words. It's going to trigger things. But, you know, what about Facebook? There's no way humanly possible, Ms. Delias, that they can put any, you know, you know, you talk about algorithms, what they call algorithms, you know, the word. Algorithms. Algorithms. There you go. You know, man, some words I can't say like that old word. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. Yeah, don't even bring it up. But but the bottom line is that you can put all that stuff in place. You're still going to have issues, sir, where folks are not going to be able, folks are going to be able to put this stuff out there. 
That, that's true. I mean, you're 100% correct. Nothing is 100% foolproof. Nothing in the world. But Facebook should be doing a better job at the Russian bots. How? How? Come on, yeah. man. When you make up these fake... Oh, come on, man. It, it should be something well, out I there. Mean, they, they should... They, they they should screen but, but, a lot better, man. They uh, come on, man. But see, you <laughs> are one should. of those people. But you are one of those people. I remember when we had a discussion about cameras. I don't want nobody in my. I said, Mister Elias. Remember this conversation know. we had a few years back when we talked mm-hmm. about how I don't care if I have to walk through a airport uh, X-ray machine. The bottom line is I don't care. Okay, yeah, I'll scare someone looking at me naked. I could care less. But the bottom line is I'm safe. I don't want to bite in my business. Well, but now you're saying, but in order for Facebook to do these things, Mr. Elias, they're going to have to step up and invade your privacy a little bit. they got to monitor then, what but, you're doing. Okay, but in all actuality, I signed up for Facebook, didn't I? I don't have to sign up for Facebook. I signed up for that. You bought, you bought plane tickets. Okay. The bottom line is... But for me to walk outside and have cameras watching me, I didn't pay into that. That was my whole deal. If I buy if I buy a plane ticket, then you're right. I bought into that. But if I walk outside and there's somebody watching me all up and down my block like there is in England and all that, that's what we were talking about. If, 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 I didn't buy yeah. into that system. I don't like that system. No. That's just me. I like okay. my privacy. All right. What about you, Doctor Princess O.D.? What do you think? I mean, you know, that's how we that's how we solve crimes in this country. I mean, you know, you you find out who did what, how, and when, and then you go after them. So, what do you think? I mean, do you think is it too much to ask for people to be inconvenienced in order for us to make sure that we're safe? People can just walk around and write what they, you know, free speech, free speech. Where where does it get to a point where we have to say, you know what? God dang it, free speech is great. But hey, we live in a yeah. you live mm-hmm. in, a, in an atmosphere where people are dangerous, and we're going to have to make you know we're we're going we're to have to make some sacrifices in order to keep people safe. No, I you know what I think that that no you can't keep anybody in order with Facebook Live. I mean I don't know Facebook Live is Facebook Live. I mean it picks up everything. I mean come on, I give kudos to the thing. You know. Now, nowadays, you don't need to be a big professional to film something and make it known or go viral all over the world. You can sit in your freaking car and take something, and it goes viral. Seriously. Like, you don't need all the camera crew and all of that stuff. So I'm not going to say that that, that is not something that can be used that can do definitely monitor or do whatever. I'm not going to say that. Because I think that, you know, you can't underestimate it. You can do a lot with from your cell phone. So I'm sure, you know, hey. But my point is, do you, okay, so my point is, is that do you have a problem with the sacrificing of some of this stuff? Because, listen, we live in a dangerous world. You know, yeah, we one, you know, we talked about the, we talked about that the the, the, the Saudi uh, the Washington Post reporter who got killed in Saudi Arabia. The only, I mean, in Turkey, the only reason we knew this was because there were surveillance cameras watching this man walk into the building and not walk out of the building. The only reason we know that it was an elaborate plot 
because we saw how they tried to create. They had a guy who looked like this man put on the dude's clothes after they chopped him, sliced him, and diced him, and they were able to follow this guy all throughout the city. So on one hand, we complain about invasion of privacy, but at the same time, it helps us, especially when we yes, live in a does. dangerous world. You can't have it both ways. Yes, it does. I mean, I, you know, it's first, first of all, the privacy, the whole privacy thing, you said earlier yeah. that when you, you, you tested it out, you said a word and wanted to see if somebody was going to show up at your door, so they didn't show up at your door. I believe that what it is, at, on, the, on the flip side of that is, I should say, what people should understand is that if they are looking for you, they have the ability to backtrack. Even how you were on the highway, you don't even see like I, you know places that you're like, how did they even know that that person went to that store at that time and blah 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 blah? Because when they come to look for you, if they do, then they they have the ability to go back in time into all of your act, how to act. They know how to access, mm-hmm. and they can they can retrack, they can go, they can backtrack. So that's what it is. It's not so much that they are sitting there watching and clocking millions of people, but let it let something go down and, and there's a slight radar on you. Or they can backtrack and find out what you did for the last year if they really, really wanted to. They do have that access. So they have I, I have even heard um, I heard not too long ago there was a case where um, they were searching for someone and they didn't know where this person, you know, they didn't know where the person was at the time, and they just needed time to find them. It took them one month. No, okay, there was a, it was an article that I read. That's what it was. It was an article that I read, and some guy was doing a study on this theory. And it, he said he went off the radar. He, he, he got rid of the smartphone, his Android or whatever, bought a, a phone that, you know, the old type phones that don't have anything. He said he, he stopped his social media. He did all of this for one month. He said, and it took, I, don't, I can't remember what the study was, but it was some, somebody involved who was able to do research. It took one month for them to find him. And they found him okay. just on, from, from freeway records. They were able to know what free, freeway this man had been on. They were mm-hmm. able to know his, all of his whereabouts. Hell, I had put yeah. a, a, something on my phone not too long ago that it, that it tracked my miles and all of that. I changed my phone, got a new phone, did not put the, the, the thing back on there. Do you know when I put the app back on there, it had not skipped a beat. It was able yeah, to, that's right. to I mean, that's, track well, everything. Well, we know that. I mean, but... Yeah, yeah, but see, Dr. Prince, that's, that's technology. I'll put someone's phone number in my phone, and I'll put a picture of them in my phone. I'll go back and open my phone, and there's a whole different picture that, you know, because they have about, all this online connection, social media. I mean, no, but what I'm saying, I get what you're saying. The bottom line is But I had a new phone. And, I had a new phone. But yeah. I understand, but it doesn't matter. Everything is in the cloud. Information is in the cloud. It doesn't matter. All your phone, you know what your computers do, all they do is access information that's out there. Let's bring in the smartest man in the world, Mr. Jerome Spree from radio.net and the man who brings you on a weekly basis on a need to know basis good morning Jerome how you doing brother hey I'm good man how you doing doing all right man Listen, we're talking about Trump's America man bombs guns and hate I mean so in the que- I'll ask you the same question I, I asked 
uh, my colleagues here at the beginning of this segment. And I asked, is it fair to blame Donald Trump for the temperament, I mean, for the environment and the atmosphere that we currently exist in? Because in fairness, you know, President Obama probably had the one, he probably had, he earned the title Consoler-in-Chief because he knew what to say. He had the right temperament and the right tone when we had these mass shootings, and a lot of them occurred under his presidency. So is it fair to say that, okay, you know, we had a guy who killed 11 people yesterday. We had, you know, attempted assassination attempts of Democratic figures. And I know where you're going to go with this, but I just want to see if I know my boy real good. Is it fair to say that Trump is uh, to blame for this, this current atmosphere and environment that we currently live? Um, fair is relative. I'll say it's irresponsible not to say that he's responsible for it. How about that? It's, it's okay. Just, That's what I thought you were It's too say. obvious. It's too obvious. When you have gunmen and bombers yelling, um, you know, make America great, and then they shoot somebody, then technically, who's responsible for that? The person who has a megaphone. Like, what can, what can we say? You, that I, I find that really hard, even when I'm watching news, when people say things like, well, Trump did, con, you know, did con, condone it or whatever or oh, whatever. Today, like, yeah, or whatever. To, to offset Stop. it after the fact. He created yeah. that monster. And what we seem to forget in this country is that, that um, you know, we're a country that they will have a lynch mob in a minute. You just start the ball rolling, and people will jump on board. So he's had his rallies where he's telling people to punch people. People are, are assaulting people, yelling at folks, pointing at and yelling at reporters, and he likes that circus atmosphere. So when something happens, you're responsible for creating the atmosphere. If you did that right now and you had a rally in your neighborhood and 10 people and you told them, you know what, your hostility is well-founded, go and do your business, and you went home and somebody at that rally did something, they're coming to arrest you. That is in every community in this country. They're going to arrest you. Can you imagine that dude having supporters wearing his colors, targeting people that he don't like, and they're not saying nothing to him? Right? So I, I hope that even at looking at this, that people who are going to vote understand where this is coming from. Because yep. even the congressmen and the senators who are keeping their mouths shut are complicit in this. They're silently yep. backing it. And, and also, I don't want to say this. Yeah. But I also want to say this as far as fear goes, because, you know, when you guys were talking about, you know, surveillance and monitoring stuff, I, I yeah. want to remind yeah. you, I think it was Thomas Jefferson, or, yeah, I think it was Thomas Jefferson, that said that they who can give up essential liberties for temporary um, freedom don't deserve neither freedom or liberty. You cannot, not at any time, curb liberties and freedom because you're scared. I don't care what anybody does. You can't do that because you don't let people monitor everybody just because you're scared one person may have something on them. Numerically, it already says that they do anyway. We know that in the white community there is, it's like nine to one, nine guns to one anyplace else. But they'll shoot black people at drop of a dime. 
and you're guaranteed to run across at least nine people with a gun before you even see one black person with one. But that doesn't scare them. It scares them the propaganda that black people are dangerous. So you can't you can't take that and just apply it to minorities and Mexicans and black people and whatever. You can't do that and then not look at white folks. But we are so um, we are so uh, brainwashed is not the word. We're so conditioned to believe something on one side and not the other, where it's blaringly obvious. So anybody who says that it's not Trump, it is just crazy people in Trump world, you have to remember Trump world is crazy. Well, <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. It is. just a crazy environment that we live mm-hmm. in. It's just unfortunate that, uh, you know, we have the things that happens in this country. It's it's just unfortunate. And, uh, you know, we have to do better than this, folks. We have to definitely do better than this. All right, in this week's edition of In Four Minutes or Less, um, you know, one of the things that people always try to do, especially with the bombs that went out this past week, they try to blame the Republicans. You heard a lot of far-right people saying, well, you know, I'm surprised Obama didn't send the bombs to themselves. And I mean, you have these crazy folks out there that are saying these things, these conspiracy theorists, people like Rush Limbaugh and Sean Hannity, these people just spread this nonsense and lies. But it reminds us of a time back in the day when the same thing used to happen to our people, when there was bombings all over the South. So in this week's edition of Informant and Celeste, we're going to take a look at that and see how the parallels work. We'll be right back after this. You listen to the serious side. Before authorities apprehended a suspect in the mail bomb spree, the case prompted all kinds of speculation about the motivations that could be behind it. Here's what a talk radio host, Michael Savage, had to say. It's a high probability that the whole thing is set up as a false flag to gain sympathy for the Democrats, to get our minds off the hordes of illegal aliens approaching our southern border. That kind of talk echoes back to another era in American history when bombs were a tool of political intimidation. Pierre's Debbie Elliott reports. In the 1950s and 60s, Birmingham, Alabama was known by another name. Bombingham. Bombingham, Alabama. B-O-M-B. Jeff Drew grew up on a street called Dynamite Hill because so many black families were bombed for moving into the predominantly white neighborhood. It would push the furniture off the floor, break the windows, and scare us all to death. So terrorism is nothing new for this part of Birmingham, Alabama. We experienced it firsthand. There were more than three dozen unsolved racially motivated bombings in Birmingham during the civil rights era, mostly houses and churches. And Drew says there was a pattern after the attacks. Authorities would accuse victims of planting the bombs. That's the most inhumane thing you could, you could think of. Who would bomb their own house? But that rumor was widely circulated in white circles, says Diane McWhorter, who wrote a book about the Birmingham Civil Rights Movement. The understood motive was that blacks were bombing their own churches and buildings in order to get publicity for the movement. She says it was repeated publicly by politicians, including Alabama's segregationist governor, George Wallace. Other common theories were that the bombings were ordered by Martin Luther King Jr., were frustrated by the FBI. It was repeated so often. I mean, I grew up hearing this from my own father. You know, I think they started believing it. And part of the reason they were able to believe it was that until the 16th Street Church bombing, 
In September of 1963, when four young girls were murdered, there had been no real fatalities. Even after that deadly Ku Klux Klan attack, police at first zeroed in on the church's black janitor as a suspect. Historian Taylor Branch says conspiracy theories were rampant across the South as African Americans pushed for equal rights. It shows the lengths that people will go to not to acknowledge something that they don't want to believe. For instance, what happened in Mississippi during Freedom Summer in 1964. Three of the civil rights workers were kidnapped by a sheriff's posse of Klansmen and murdered. Because the bodies weren't found, Mississippi officials denied that, that segregationists could have done this crime and said, first of all, they, they said that it was a hoax. Senator James Eastland even told that to the president on the phone. I don't believe this three minutes. They got their parents down here. I believe it's a publicity stunt. Branch says polarizing times, then and now, lead to an ideological climate where conspiracy theories thrive. It's a low point for the country, says Democratic Senator Doug Jones of Alabama. He's a former U.S. attorney who prosecuted the Birmingham church bombers. We are living in a time where words matter just like they did back in the 60s. There were so many things that happened then based on the empowerment that public officials like George Wallace gave. Do people not understand what it takes to kind of tone down the rhetoric to make sure that things like this don't happen with some deranged fool out there who wants to try to, to hurt people thinking that he's got the okay to do it? Federal officials declined to talk about potential political motivations, but in a news conference announcing the arrest, Attorney General Jeff Sessions acknowledged the suspect, quote, appears to be a partisan. Debbie Elliott, NPR News. The Trump administration is the most corrupt leadership that this nation has seen in the modern era. But Donald Trump didn't cause this rot. His team is just a very visible example of it. The problem of corruption is enormous, but we can tackle enormous problems. We've done it before, and we can do it again. That's why I'm introducing the Anti-Corruption Act. This is a landmark piece of legislation that would break the stranglehold that the wealthy and the well-connected hold over our government. The rich and the powerful are going to hate parts of this bill, but we're not here to work for them. Sign up now to support the Anti-Corruption Act and help us make this government work for the people. Look, a lot of our elected officials are uninformed. Welcome back in. 347 is our call. 347-850-1272. You know what that music means. That's right. It is time for another edition of YTP, Your Thoughts, Please. And it's when we take topics and we try to get as many as we can in in one segment. It's popular. People love it. We haven't done it in a minute, so it is time to bring it back. And uh, so let's, without any further ado, let's get started. Here's the first topic of the day. Online radio at its best. Come out with your hands up, please, away from us. After ordering 18-year-old Akil Carter out of his grandmother's car. Hands up high in the air. Face away from us. Walk to the sidewalk. 
Police placed him in handcuffs and ordered him into the back of a squad car. Officer Gabriel is going to get some information from you, okay? Grandmother Paulette Barr had just left church and was driving Akil to work when police stopped them. Officers say they initially started following them after an African-American man and woman identified the vehicle. They said it was carrying a white woman who was being robbed by two black men. But police say they never got a formal statement from those witnesses because they left the area. The family's attorney is skeptical. It seems strange that for all the dash cam footage the police have turned over, we have not seen anything where the officer's interacting with these people. After Carter was detained, an officer is seen exiting the patrol car with his gun outside the holster. Officers then approach the teen's grandmother. Everything okay? That's your grandson? Yes. Police say Carter was handcuffed for approximately six minutes. Well, I'm guessing what this sounds like is a really big misunderstanding. After the teen was released, a witness captured his grandmother's reaction. That's your grandson? Wow. The family's attorney says even if the police account is accurate, the officers clearly overreacted. Any random person can run up to a police officer now and say, stop that car, it's engaged in a robbery, and that's all it takes. The family's attorney says the frightening encounter left the grandmother feeling helpless, wondering what she could have done to protect her grandson. So there's a situation where, you know, once again, I don't know, Mr. Elias, I could have qualified for LWB, man, living while black. Your comments on that story, Mr. Elias? Wow. You know something, man. Let's just be honest. They saw this, they saw this elderly white woman in the car with black, black man. They said, oh, he's got to be doing something. He's probably robbing her. And that's what it was. Well, nobody pulled him. Okay, how many black folks you know ride by somebody and say, Hey, man, look, there's a brother now robbing an old white woman. Let's go tell. Come on, man. Stop the match. Stop it. They, 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 they saw this. They, they drove by. They saw this young man in the car. And because he was not the same color as her, they, they, they immediately assumed, hey, look, my man's out here. He's out here doing some, 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 da- some dastardly stuff. This is ridiculous, man. And for them to even make up that kind of crap, they, they, uh, that's what I'm saying. And they wonder why they wonder why the NFL players are kneeling, and we, we wonder why we, we're having police people come up police brutality. There it is, right there, at its best. So, Dr. Princess Odia, uh, my question to you is: Is that if the police receives a report saying somebody's being robbed, aren't they obligated to check it out? Yes, they are. Um, obli- so obligated you think to they, check they, it out. So do you think, based on what the department is saying, that the police handled this the right way? Do you agree with their assessment, or do you agree with Mr. Elias's assessment that uh, they overreacted because of the situation and the visual that they saw in the vehicle? Well, I don't believe that they follow the proper protocol because, I mean, did they talk to the woman and ask her a question, or did they just walk up to the car and snatch the kid out of the car? The gentleman out of the car. Well, they so, did talk to the grandmother after they had the kid in custody. They asked her what mm-hmm. she was Well, I'm talking about. I'm talking about prior to. I'm talking about prior. Oh, the people to. who made the report. Oh, okay. The people. They said they were going. That's by the what time I'm they got saying. They were gone. They were who did it? They were gone, all right. Yeah, they were right, never down there. 
Exactly, exactly. So, so my, this, I understand what you're saying. So, this is my point. Yes. They didn't, okay. they didn't do what a cop should do. You should walk up and ask, ma'am, are you all right? Is everything okay here? This what police should do, right? They didn't do that. And, and so, because they didn't do that, and they automatically assumed, I would say that perception led them, and they did what Mr. Elias said they did. Unfortunately. Unfortunately. It yeah. is what it is. Okay, all right. It is what it is. Jerome, uh, your thoughts, man, on this? <laughs> I'm going to take a zero. I have no thoughts on it. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, next story. Here it is. Online radio at its best. In, in, in my... It's politicians just blatantly, repeatedly, baldly, shamelessly lying. Just making stuff up. Calling black white. But that's what's happened. That's what Republicans in Congress are doing. That's what folks in the White House do. The president said he he was going to pass a middle class tax cut before the election. Congress isn't even in session before the election. Just made stuff up. They all say they'll protect your pre-existing conditions. The current Justice Department is in court right now trying to strike those protections down. So that's not spin. That's not exaggeration. That's just lying. And it'd be one thing if this was the first time. But, but they, they do it all the time. They, they, then they pledge to fight for the little guy. Instead, I can't do that, baby. Um, because I follow the Constitution of the United States. The law made it illegal for the first time for insurers to discriminate against you if you've got a pre-existing condition. We put an end to that. Not once. Repeat that. Not once. Since that time, they have spent the last eight years obsessed with trying to undermine, sabotage, repeal that law that makes sure you're not discriminated against because of pre-existing conditions. They, they've done everything they could. They took over 60 votes in Congress to get rid of it. Now that it's election season, these same Republicans are running millions of dollars worth of ads around the country saying we're going to protect pre-existing conditions. Your governor's been running one of those ads while his administration is literally suing the government to take away pre-existing conditions protection. That is some kind of goal. Wow. I tell you what, Jerome, <laughs> President Obama is out there in full effect. My question to you is, do you think it's going to have a play, man? Do you think that Barack Obama is going to have some input on what's going on in this election, man, coming up here uh, in a few days? Um, I can't say that he's not going to have an effect. 
I mean, if you think about it, everybody keeps doing this narrative on who's the leader of the Democratic Party. It's like asking who's the leader of black people, right? Like, we always want one focal point. <laughs> and what happened? Seriously, and it's the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. Nobody oh, ever asked wow. for white folks. People just have agendas, and they move forward. But they require that we ha- you have a leader so there's somebody to attack. And Republicans are really good at this. Uh-huh. Right, so they need just they need somebody to hate. What you wow. say? That's good. I said I never thought about it from that perspective. Wow, that's, but, that's a good right, move but, by you. Yeah, the, the the reason is is that people want somebody to focus on. It's like saying Democrats don't have an agenda, and we need to see what their agenda is. And and when I watch that uh-huh. during election season, I always laugh because I'm like, yeah, you need something to attack because if you are dead to you, in the wrong, you are going to say. Well, I need to attack them on something, but they ain't saying nothing, right? I can break all the laws that I want to, but until you put up an agenda, I can't fight all the all the energy that's coming towards me. I need something to distract. So y'all need to say something so I can have something to distract. And when when it comes to President Obama, yeah, he has a little bit more fire, but it's obvious what's going on. It should have been obvious when he was there. He just said. He needed to see everybody's better angels and that he was president of all people, and he acted in accordance to what he believed. But that doesn't mean that these same nuts wasn't out there when he was president, because they were. Right? Now he gets to see it because he's not president. Look, y'all need to see the obvious. So you can get mad at him for not saying this when he was president if you want to, but the fact is that wasn't his job to see it as president. Although he and Eric Holder are out there, and even Maxine Waters saying what she's saying, people are people get a little fancy and they start making false equivalents to yelling at people to trying to kill people. So it's just like the same false equivalence that white folks normally make or even Jewish people just made with this. You had a white supremacist go in there and shoot up a synagogue and then you had some guy on CNN this morning saying, Mr. Farrakhan and these other people are making anti-Jew statements. Why are you going to try to turn this towards Farrakhan? You know what I mean? That's just damn stupid. Sorry for cursing. But the, the issue is is that we get distracted to turn things around, to turn it to people you don't like, when black people has never had an organization to go out just to kill white folks. Even if we said, forget them, we yell at them, they forget white folks, we don't want nothing to do with y'all. That is just as hurtful as throwing a bomb at somebody, apparently. So we need to see through rhetoric as well. But President Obama doing this is, if he didn't, I can tell you he would be more irrele- uh, um, irrelevant than he's ever been. So if you think that That's he didn't a have point, a voice bro. during his midterm, they didn't want him out there, so he stayed silent. And that was the Democrats' mistake. They were stupid for that. So it looks mm-hmm. like... Obama wasn't out there. It's because they didn't want him, and he asked them, if you don't want me to come, cool, I won't go. So now they're saying, Obama, come out there. But if he didn't have any fire now, it's just like Joe Biden. It's just like everybody else who are talking noise now. People, they're going to lose ground because it's so obvious what Trump is saying, what white supremacists are saying, like, you know, um, Hannity and Russ Limbaugh and Ingram and all of those guys, Savage, what they're saying is we don't have use for anybody of color on this planet. And they keep that noise going. Yeah. And so somebody needs to stand up to that. And if you don't stand up to it yeah. now, it's so obvious. If you don't stand up to it now, you can't come back and be like, now we need to come together. 
Because <laughs> you ain't did nothing. Yeah, he's right about that. You know, Mr. Elias, what was funny about one of his comments when you listen to it, he, he was somebody yelled from the audience, we want you back, we want you back, and his response, he's so, he's so laid back now. Oh, I can't do that, baby. <laughs> I said, go ahead on, friends. Go ahead on. I can't do that because I follow the Constitution. Same question to you, Mr. Elias. Do you think he can be a viable asset to the to the to the, to the, to the Democrats? Uh, you know, uh, if he continues to get out there. Yeah, I think he can. I understand. I do believe he can. And I, you know, and the only reason that the Republicans are running on the fact that they don't want to uh, uh, repeal the. Uh, the uh, pre-existing conditions because yeah. because it's popular. They they realized that they they've done the surveys, they've ran the numbers, and it's popular as hell now. So and the and, 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 look, and the Republican tax plan is not. <laughs> it is not. So why aren't you running on this great tax bill that all you stood out on the pond for? Why are you running on this the, the same thing? Like I said, this Republican administration is running on the. Uh, the coattails of Barack Obama. So yes, I think he'll be a great asset out there. I think he'll be. I think he'll do a great job out there. Yeah. You know, Doctor Prince D. I love how the fact he's just—he's making it simple. He's coming to us. He's not standing up there is and talking above us. He's saying, "Look," and it's—it's—it's. And it, it's he, he can't contain himself from the hypocrisy <laughs> of the laughter. He's saying, yeah, yeah. he said, Scott Walker, <laughs> he, he, he just passed a, he just passed a freaking ad that says he's going to protect your pre, protect your yes. pre, pre, pre <laughs> when his freaking, they are suing the federal government to do just that. <laughs> I love the way he's bringing yeah. it home your thoughts, Dr. Prince I love it. I, that's what I was saying. I said, you go ahead. And in, in my view, and my view is this. If he would just do that, if he could just tour and advocate like that and speak the truth, I think he would do wonders. I was, when he was, when you were playing that, I was saying to myself, I said, I wonder if Jay can forward me that clip. Send it to all of us. Anybody who wants that clip. Tell us where to get it or whatever so that we can spread that word. Because I think that a lot of times, and you know how it is, media talks. Media can keep the fuel and the fire going on so many different levels. Can make somebody believe something that's not even real just because media said it. Which is why even what we do here is so fragile. But if our people knew just even that clip, and to just say, you know what, man, they did that? They're lying like that? Even though we know they're lying, that just like puts it in your face. You know what I'm saying? And it came from some, it's coming from someone that we trust. That's called action. Yeah. Take that, put it on social media and, and forward it and say, check this out before you vote. Check this out and make, make a few points that are relevant, that are, that are relevant in that scenario. I think that Obama is genius. I think he's doing a phenomenal job by his advocacy. And him him speaking out, maybe he's not perceiving it as as an advocate, or or maybe so, because that's what it is. He's advocating for the truth and for us to make a a choice to vote and to to vote properly. 
So I Absolutely. think to Obama, and that was great. Yeah, he's, uh, you know, Mr. Elias, the thing that's funny about it is that he even addressed the uh, salad thing <laughs> that he had on his shirt. He is just calm, cool, and collective, and my goodness, man, give the man kudos because he's comfortable. He's out there doing what he does best, getting us together and calling us to arms to do the right thing. Man, we have two more stories. We have time for one more. And I promise you next week we'll do another edition of YTP because we have some more stories in the, in the queue. But we'll, we'll get this last one in before we go for Online radio at its best. Two days after she appeared to defend the use of blackface, today several reports suggest that Megyn Kelly may soon be leaving NBC. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the show. I'm Megyn Kelly. Kelly did not appear on her show this morning. It was a rerun. The staff of her show was told on Thursday morning that Megyn Kelly today, the 9 a.m. show, would not be returning with Megyn Kelly. It was what she said Tuesday that got her in trouble. Truly, you do get in trouble if you are a white person who puts on yeah, black face yeah. for Halloween or a black person who puts on white face yeah. for Halloween. Like, I, that, back when I was a kid, that was okay as long as you were dressing up as, like, a character. The next day, she apologized. And I want to begin with two words. I'm sorry. I learned that given the history of blackface being used in awful ways by racists in this country, it is not okay. But her colleagues at the Today Show had already taken a stance earlier that morning. The, the fact is, uh, while she apologized to the staff, she owes a bigger apology to folks of color around the country. This is not the first time Kelly made headlines on race-related topics. As host of The Kelly File at Fox News, she told viewers in 2013 that Santa Claus and Jesus were white men. And by the way, for all you kids watching at home, Santa just is white. Just because it makes you feel uncomfortable doesn't mean it has to change. You know, I mean, Jesus it was a white man, too. By 2017, she announced she was leaving Fox to join NBC, where she reportedly signed a three-year deal worth $69 million. She was given the 9 a.m. hour of the network's Today Show, replacing Al Roker and Tamron Hall. In Kelly's first season, she averaged nearly 2.4 million viewers, 375,000 fewer than the Today Show 9 a.m. hour had before she arrived. When are they going to learn, uh, Jerome, that... <laughs> You know, MSNBC, NBC, they're trying to have this more controversial, this more, uh, I don't know, diverse uh, uh, programming. You know, every, you know, look, they had Megyn Kelly. She's gone. Okay, that's official. It's, she's out. They had uh, Greta Van Susteren on, on the record. That went away. And then they had Hugh Hewitt. That went away. When they're going to realize, look, man. Nobody wants those clouds over there on MSNBC. Your thoughts on this whole thing, especially her comments and how white people in general are just tone deaf when it comes to things like this, man. Well, let's let's not let us not be tone deaf at white folks are still white folks. And so the problem with MSNBC or NBC is no, seriously, and I don't I'm not throwing that out there loosely because I've said this on this program many a days that when you look at when Comcast bought NBC, that they fired Keith Olbermann. They got rid of Ed Schultz. They got rid of Melissa Harris-Perry. They moved Cameron Hall and Al Roker out 
for the whitest white woman that they can find on the whitest white network that they can find, right? And they, um, I can't remember his last name, um, Lax, I, um, I guess is his name, the guy who's the VP over there, that, or the president of their programming. The problem is, just like yeah. ABC put Paula Dean on Dancing with the Stars and, and the, um, the other swimmer guy on there, when white folks have controversy, they try to integrate them back into society like they're going to put them on regular TV. And they try to run that down everybody's throats to show that they're human. Black people get axed off of TV altogether. You don't even see Soledad O'Brien anymore. I mean, she's on TV, but you don't really see her. So let's she's not married to a white dude. Well, you know what? The thing is, I can't help where she grew up and how she's... Again, I'll use Minister Farrakhan for this. God gives you the ability to love, and if you fall in love with somebody from another race, God gives you the ability, if you open your heart to anybody, you can fall in love with them. That is Minister Farrakhan's word. Okay. And the issue is, is that it didn't matter who she was with to make them fire her, because their diversity only goes through a diversity of thought. So the reason, you know, you, you start moving people like Sharpton off of the program and Melissa Harris-Perry... And because their thoughts were going against the whiteness of, uh, of their comfort, right? And so NBC is just as bad or worse as anybody else. So although, you know, Rachel is there and you, we can hit the, you know, the gay, lesbian demographic over here or we can do this. And, and sometimes um, Lawrence O'Donnell is kind of hard on them. But the issue is, is that when you look at Keith Olbermann, but Ed Schultz, those guys were unapologetic when they said what they said, and you know what happened to them, both. Yeah. And all those guys, Rest in peace, and all those dudes, they from, Yeah, I know he is, but he lost his show before he died. No, I'm saying rest in peace, Ed. I didn't say he was dead. Yeah. Rest in oh, peace, Ed. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh, sorry. Yeah, but the, the thing is, is Hugh Hewitt and... And what's her name? C.E. Um, whatever, Cooper, whatever. Those guys will float. Fox, in, uh, CNN, MSNBC. And there's something to be said about the way that way they float those guys around, conservative people. But they don't sur- they don't float people who um, are not Fox people around. But these Fox people, even from Lou Dobbs, those guys do go to CNN. They go back. So don't don't brainwash or don't don't mislead anybody to believe that those networks are still seen from some balanced perspective as far as we're concerned. We need to be vigilant and, and sharp when it comes to knowing how propaganda works. But they are still who they are, and they still get jobs. They are still who they are. Right, you, Mr. Elias, were you, uh, were you surprised that uh, Megyn Kelly went away? What was so funny was that her numbers were a lot lower than when they got rid of Al Roker and Tamron Hall. And when I'm hearing, you know, put my ear to the street, it looks like maybe Tamron Hall may be coming back. Your thoughts, Miss Elliott? They should. Tamron Hall was, man, Tamron Hall was awesome. Not only was she nice to look at, but she was very informative. I knew you were going to say that. I hey, oh, hey. Yeah, 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 I don't know. Miss Elliott <laughs> loves some Tamron Hall. He's <laughs> 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 yeah, just put it out there. He thinks he's a pretty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She, but she was very informative. You know what I'm saying? She, I, she you was. Know, so, man. And, and the, the bottom line is, this isn't Megyn Kelly's first stint with stuff like this. 
Jesus, Jesus was a white man. Come on, man. That's that's yeah. that is impossible based on where. <laughs> anyway, go ahead. <laughs> and Santa. That means Santa too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Santa Claus. <laughs> Who knows about him? You know, he's a made-up figment of imagination. I'm talking about Jesus, where he was. You read what the Bible says. Come on, man. You can't have the hair of like what does it say? The wool, the 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 wool of uh, of wool. a sheep. Come on, man. They thinking about but, the Jesus that was on the wall in Florida Evans' house until uh, Ed DeWino <laughs> got up there. They, you know, that whole, anyway. Go ahead. <laughs> Dr. Princess O.D., give me your thoughts on this real quick before we move on. Oh, Mr. Lass, I'm sorry. Go ahead and finish up. No, go ahead, man. Go ahead. Go ahead, <laughs> yeah. go ahead Dr. Princess O.D., your final thoughts on this before we move on. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm just going to say that um, <laughs> I don't know I, 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 I agree with Mr. Elias 100%, 100% I agree with Mr. Elias okay. That's, I'm, I'm, that's uh, what I'm going to say that's uh, I mean, you're done? I'm It's sad It's sad that It's like that That you know, they are really people are really, really, really blind, and and they're clueless in terms of even even their own racism. You know, a lot of a lot of people do things that are racist and don't think it's racist. So it comes out like blah blah blah, like okay, just, like they're talking naturally because they don't realize the racism. Um, and yeah. that's that can be a lot of times because of how they were raised, the air, the you know, their parents, their community that they were raised in, etc. And it's just been the norm for them. You know, I, I I'll give. Yeah. Okay, you shouldn't let me just go on because I want to give a brief example. No, 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 because we got we, we got to go. I mean, yeah. I know I know you have a problem with time. We have to go. It's called YTP. We have to roll. Thank you very much, Dr. Princess of the Year, for your comments. And thank you guys once again. That wraps up another edition of YTP, your thoughts only. All right, listen, uh, your thoughts, please. All right, we'll do another edition next week because I know people love it, and we'll get into it. All right, coming up next, i tell you what, man, what's happening in the Florida is a beautiful thing. We'll talk about it next on the serious side. Don't go nowhere. The serious side continues after a short break. When I was diagnosed with breast cancer, both of my daughters were pregnant, and everything I was looking forward to turned into everything I was going to miss. First words, first steps, being there for my grandchildren, for my daughters. Today, those babies are three. I'm with them all the time. I don't know what's next, but I know I'm here today. My name is Alanthea Pena. And I'm Susan G. Coleman.
nothing is ever the same. Changing houses. Changing faces. Different bedrooms. Different beds. And this trash bag filled with everything I have. I don't want to feel alone anymore. Help us show her she's not alone. Join us at Together We Rise to change the way kids experience foster care. This is a test. Uh, as we jump into the second set with laughter, a hearty laughter from Tommy Stout. Welcome back in, folks. Three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. Good Sunday morning to you, folks, and welcome into the serious side of the TJRS broadcasting live from the Smooth Jazz Jazz Cafe. You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. Welcome back in three four seven eight five zero one two seven two is our caller number three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. You listen to the serious side of the J. Rouse Show, which happens every Sunday morning right here on the TGRS Radio Network Online Radio. And it's best, as we always do, let's say good morning to our panelists and say good morning to Dr. Princess O'Dea. Good morning, Doc. How are you? Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. <laughs> good, to good to see you. Good to see you. That's all right. It's good. It's good to see you. You know, it's good. All right, uh, the smartest man in the world, Mr. Jerome. What's going on, Jerome? How you doing, brother? I'm good, bro. How you doing? It's another day in paradise. My partner, no palm trees. The man who really runs everything and gets the first and last word, Mr. L to the E to the S. Good morning, sir. How are you? Good morning, good morning, good morning, everyone. Mr. L, can we say hello to some people in the chat, if you don't mind? Uh... There's uh, one guest in there. That's it. Wow. Oh, wow. Look at that. Guys need to get in there. Oh, get that chat room. room. Well, then again, that doesn't matter. It still doesn't affect our listening audience. Y'all still are listening through your podcast, through your personal devices, so that's okay. Let me say what's up to the pastor. Let me say what's going on to him. Jack is in the house. Felicia, Mick, Christine, Rico, Frankie. Uh, oh, Devin there. I haven't heard heard from that guy in a while. Uh, Terry, I don't think that's Miss Terry because they spell it with a Y. Carlita, I mean, just a lot of people. Listen, Lisa, Michelle, thank you guys. Maya, thank you guys for tuning in. Harvey from Beaumont, Texas. Randy, just a lot of people tuning into the show. Thank you so much. Also, what's up to Momo BZ in the easy, my baby, doing her thing. Hey, what's up, Mo? Glad you tuned in. Also, let's say good morning to our Director of Social Media Outreach, the one and only Jackie. Jackie, good morning. How are you? I am doing great. How's everybody doing this morning? Doing good outstanding, morning. Good Jackie. Morning. Great. Outstanding. So, tell us what we need to do to stay in contact with the show when the show is not live. Well, if you want to keep up with the TJRS Radio Network, 
please follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And all three pages have the same ending handle, facebook.com slash groups, twitter.com, instagram.com slash TJRS Radio. If you want to email us about anything, email us at seriousside at outlook.com. Keep up with us. All right, we appreciate you. Thank you so much. Keep up with us like the woman says. All right, final set, we're going to talk about what's going on in uh, Georgia. But I tell you, I'm not sorry, in Georgia, but Florida, it is heating up down there. Oh, what's up to Johnny D? Johnny D's in the house as well. I want to say what's up to my boy. Love him to death. He's checked in. Our resident texter's in the house as well. All right, listen, a lot's going on, folks. Uh, the midterms are right around the corner. Uh, election season is up on us. And what's happening down in Florida, man, is rough and tumble politics. I want to play an exchange between uh, the Republican uh, in, that can, in that race and the Democrat. Uh, let's play it, and we'll talk on the other side. It's, this is good stuff, folks. This is must-see TV. Go find it. But uh, let me play a little clip for you, and we'll talk on the other side. Online radio at its best. On live TV in August, on the first day of the general election campaign, you said of Andrew Gillum's run for governor, quote, the last thing we need to do is to monkey this up by embracing a socialist agenda. Fox News quickly disavowed your words, saying, quote, they do not condone the language. Now, you called some of this response absurd. You've made appearances at four of David Horowitz's Freedom Center events, again, four separate times, four speeches, among some of Mr. Horowitz's statements, quoting here, this country's only serious race war is against whites. You know, I'll ask the questions. Okay. It's not a McCarthy game, and I, I'm giving yeah. wait for the question, okay. sir. Okay. He also said, if blacks are oppressed in America, why isn't there a black exodus? Now, in 2015, in your speech before the Freedom Center, you said of Mr. Horowitz, David has done such a great, great work, and I've been an admirer. I've been to these conferences in the past, and I've been a big admirer of an organization that shoots straight, tells the American people the truth, and is standing up for the right thing. Those are his words. Here's my, here's my question. He had not even made those statements then. Uh, yes, he had, sir. The first statement was made uh, many well, how, years ago. I mean, how the hell am I supposed to know every single statement somebody makes? Here's the deal. Let me just say this, let me just say this straight up. Uh, you know, I've lived my life, whether it's athletics, whether it's military, whether it's serving as a prosecutor. You know, when I was downrange in Iraq, we worked together as a team regardless of race. We had the American flag on our arm. We wore the same uniform, and we fought for the country. When I was a prosecutor, I stood up for victims of every race, color, and creed. That's the only way to do it in our country. It's something I believe in, and as governor, I will represent all the people. Everyone will get a fair shake. But I am not going to bow down to the ultimate of political correctness. I'm going to not let the media smear me like they like to do with so many other people. Sir, I'm certainly not going to right take there. anything from Andrew Gillum, who's endorsed the Dream Defenders, which says Israel is an apartheid state and, and which says the police and prisons have no right place there. in justice. Mr. Gillum, wait for the applause, and, I, and Mr. DeSantis, I'll point out, I wish you would have waited for the question because I had a question, and it's not what you think it is. Mr. Gillum, I'll give you a chance to respond now. Well, let me first say, my grandmother used to say, a hit dog will holler, uh, and it hollered uh, through this room. Mr. DeSantis has spoken. Uh, hey, first of all, he's got neo-Nazis helping him out in this state. 
Uh, he has spoken at racist conferences. He's accepted a contribution and would not return it from someone who referred to the former president of the United States as a Muslim, N-I-G-G-E-R. Uh, when asked to return that money, he said no. He's using that money to now fund negative ads. Now, I'm not calling Mr. DeSantis a racist. I'm simply saying the racists believe he's a racist. Let's, Mr. DeSantis, uh, if I would ask the audience to please let Mr. DeSantis now respond. The conference I attended was keynoted by a Medal of Honor recipient named Clint Romache. It was not a racial conference. That is an absolute lie. And I'm not going to sit here and take this nonsense from a guy like Andrew Gillum, who always plays the victim, who's going out and, and attacking, aligning uh, himself with groups who attack our men and women in law enforcement, attack our military, he still will not disavow the Dream Defenders. None of these things people are saying that I endorse. He endorsed the Dream Defenders, and they endorsed him, and that is wrong. Mr. Gillum. This thing is heating up uh, down there in Florida, and so just that exchange alone gives you a little bit of what's happening down there. Jerome, you know, <laughs> this this guy, DeSantis, he is on the ropes, man. I, I mean, because, you know, he's starting to feel the pressure a little bit, and if you go back and watch that clip and just watch the facial expressions of Andrew Gilliam, he's like, hey, you know what, <laughs> this guy's going to sink himself. I'm just going to sit back and just let him do, do his. He is panicking. And so now when you look at it, what's happening down there in Florida, because, you know, out of all the governor races in the country, they actually had a CNN debate. <laughs> you know, I, I, you know, any other debate, I would have to go on YouTube. I mean, I, I went back and I watched the Beto and Cruz debate online. I, I was watching the, uh, the, the Georgia uh, situation with Kemp and uh, uh, Stacey um, uh, Abrams. And, but this one was on national TV, so this goes to show you how important this race is in Florida. What say you? Well, you know, when you watch this stuff, um, when, when you make a determination inside of a campaign if you should do a debate, you, there's only a couple of conditions that you actually do debates. One is that you're even, and the other one is if you're far behind. And the trick with this guy is that he has not polled better than Gilliam in, in legitimate polls. And I'm not talking about the fringe um, conservative-leaning polling companies, if you don't know who those are, but I'm not talking about those. He is polled behind Gilliam, and he knows that he's not making any traction on the ground. So the news technically doesn't cover it from that perspective. They cover everybody's polls like they're even, right? So they're like, oh, this poll is showing that they're close. That poll is showing that they're close. And what's going on is that a lot of these guys, like even in Stacey Abrams in, in Georgia and what's going on in Nevada, on the ground, um, the Democrats are going to kick their butt because they can't do anything on the ground. They can do something because TV propaganda is swaying the people who, are, who they're calling as likely voters to, to feel like we're upset that y'all going against Republicans, so I'm going to vote for Republicans, which those people may not even go out to vote. So what happens, they can't see this landslide coming, and it is, it is working them up because your internal polls would tell you that a little bit better. So even though in his case in Florida, his his, the, 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 everybody's talking about how close this race is, but his internal polls are probably much worse than what they're actually seeing on the news, hmm. and he is going to panic. He's going to panic one or two ways. He's going to go full white supremacist, 
or he is going to go um, slash and burn. And uh, either way, he's going to attack Gillum. So he's going to try to bring out all white people and suppress vote amongst black people. And however that strategy happens is what they're going to do. And you're watching that play out on TV. You know, uh, it was funny. It, it was funny, uh, um, uh, Dr. Princess Odia, um, and I have to be careful because I know how in tune you are to the world. Uh, but this show is directed for people like you. So the, the, what was so funny about that debate when it first started off was uh, the, the Republican, in his opening remarks, he went directly after uh, Gillum. He went directly after the guy. And, you know, it was funny, and when Gillum gave his opening response or his opening remarks, he just made it very generalized. It's like he's saying, let this guy kill himself. Let him hang himself, because the bottom line is, is that you can tell he is a desperate candidate, and that what's happening is a lot of the rhetoric... As far as him being a racist, you know that comment he made even in our in that uh, in that clip that we played. He said, "How the hell am I supposed to know, you know, what these people said?" It is your job to know what they said if you're going to go in and, and, and appear at an event. I mean, what kind of well, statement and no, was that? Not, not only, and not only that, he appeared at the event, but his before he said that, he was adamant that the person didn't say what they said. So then, when they said, "No, this is what they said," he said. Well, how am I supposed to know? How the hell am I supposed to know? Well, there it is, you know. <laughs> He's not paying attention at all. Kind of gave himself away on the fact that he is... <laughs> How do I supposed to know? Jackie, you know, when people say stuff like this, it makes you think what type of candidate if you're not if you go to events <laughs> and you speak at events in this current day and climate, how do you not know? How do you not have your 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 staff do research on what's going on? How do you just arbitrarily just show up and make a comment and say, Oh well when, and then when you get called out on it you know, how the hell am I supposed to know what he said before? <laughs> you know, I, I can't account for everything that people say. What are your thoughts, Jackie? Oh, we lost Jackie. Go ahead, Jerome. Take that for me. Well, I, here's the thing. We just saw him panic live, you know, just kind of live in the midst of a debate. And so nobody says, nobody even curse in debate. Right, and so you saw him just act like he was in his house, right, in debate prep or something. So you just watch them get unraveled. And how can you lead anything? You can't. You shouldn't even be on the school board. Yeah. And I and I, exactly. I say school board because you know on school boards there's multiple people, right? You vote for like four, three or four people. So you shouldn't even be able to win that race, let alone a head-to-head race to be an executive any place. You can't be captain of right. your team if you lose your cool because you down five points. You know, it's like, how the hell, what, what, what the hell am I supposed to know? What, what play to call? Like, when you panic like that, that shows you have no doggone leadership ability. He got rattled. <laughs> you, you, you know, Jerome, here's, look, look, man, here's the thing that, that I always think of. It is called common sense thinking. You know, keep it simple, kiss. Keep it simple, stupid. What I don't understand about what's happening today, for example, what's going on in Georgia. You know, once again, the Secretary of State is in charge of, uh, he's in charge 
uh, the get out the vote ever. He's in charge of that whole election piece. This guy, and he's ha- he happens to be running. Listen, and this is where I say real life in politics, it's a whole different animal. For example, if you are a referee, and if you are, if your kids play high school sports, and you're locked in or you're scheduled to referee their games, guess what they do? They take you off because they say it's a conflict of interest. If you run for class president, who wins? The person who gets the most votes. But yet still, when you look at the Electoral College, that didn't didn't apply. When you look at what's going on in Georgia, he's not going to recuse himself. But you are in charge of that whole effort. Now, I will say one of the YTPs we were going to play this morning, a federal judge has blocked this exact match rule. So now people cannot be stopped from voting in Georgia because of this whole thing. If your name, like me, I went to the election place uh, the other day, and on my ID, my driver's license has my first and last name, but it doesn't have my middle initial. And my voter registration has my middle initial. And the lady says to me, she says, well, since your name doesn't match what's on your voter rolls, I was about to act a fool right then and there. She says, what ha- what you're going to have to do is, is when you get to up here to, to sign that you, you know, you're checking in to vote, she said, all you have to do is initial and say that you are this person. I said, oh. I said, because I was, she said, yeah, because I saw it in your eyes. I said, yeah, I was about to get black up again. <laughs> I know y'all ain't trying to bring that Georgia mess down into Texas. Are you serious? And she said, no, all you have to do is just initial and say, yeah, this is you. So, you know, once again, what I don't understand, Mr. Elias, is we have real life, and then we have this nonsense. If, 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 if high school, if high school state athletics said, "Hey, you are a referee. You can't referee your own kids' games." How the hell can a guy who's a, who's the secretary of state be in charge of voter registration and things of that nature when you're on the ballot? I mean, isn't that just common sense? It's, it's, it's plain common sense, but common sense isn't so common. Look, man, here, here's the bottom line for all you people out there who oh my God. all these other people that. Uh, my vote doesn't count. Here's plain and common sense to tell you, your vote does count. Get out and vote. This should tell you everything you need to know. They're trying to block 53,000 people over a technicality of, I. Uh, you know, when I sign my name, I don't sign my full name. I just, I, 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 when I signed the voter registration card that I had, I didn't put my, I'm like Jay, I didn't put my middle initial. So, on my ID, my middle initial is there. So what do I do? No, I don't play that stuff either. I voted in every election. I, I don't, if I know I'm not going to be there, I, I put an absentee ballot. So don't, don't hand me this stuff about your vote doesn't count. These people are playing games. They're gerrymandering districts. They're, they're suppressing the vote. They're doing everything to stop you from voting. Get out and vote. This, this dude is a clown to get out and say that, that, you know, to to say that no, because you missed your middle initial, you can't vote. Really, really. Ah, that, that guy's a clown. And I, I'm you know, looking at him, and they're they're raking him over the coals this morning because he took a uh, a picture with an anti-Muslim, uh, with a guy with an anti-Muslim shirt on. So now they're raking him across the coals. They should. 
<laughs> I'm sorry, Jerome. What were you saying? Jerome? Yes, sir. I was going to say, in, in yeah, the I county that I vote in, yeah, yeah, in the county that I vote in, that um, they they give us a book, right, where we sign, and it has my signature from the last time I voted on it. Right? You can see your own signature wow. as you're signing your name. That's how wow. that's how free we are in New York State. They they encourage people to vote. They know voter fraud is a it, it's hard to get people to go out and vote. So let alone somebody going to vote to be somebody else. So we they can go, you know tell them your address like just from this um my area voting polling place. They just make sure you're in the same district or something. So um, I just go in, tell them my address. And they look up your name, and they're like, here, and your signature from the last time you voted, from the last time you signed it, is sitting there right in front of you. Don't really even ask for ID. You can bring your voter registration card in, and, of course, that matches what they have on file. They don't ask you for a separate ID from the – matter of fact, again, they never asked me for ID ever that I remember. Yeah, it's crazy. It's wow. crazy. You know, Dr. Princess Odia, you know, when we talk about voting and, and things of that nature, and especially what's going on in Georgia, how important is it for people who are outside of the state of Georgia and Florida to make sure that what kind of what kind of profound impact can we have on people in those states, right? I mean, you personally, I mean, you know, you, you spent some time in Georgia. I mean, I don't know if you're still in Georgia or not because, you know, you're, you know, you could be calling from Africa. I don't know where you're at right now. Um, um, you, I don't know where you are. Uh, uh, you spent some time in Georgia. Give us a feel of what's happening down there. Are young people engaged? Are they excited? Do they want to get out and vote? History, we are on the, we are on the cusp of history in Georgia. What's happening in that yes. state? Well, people are excited, and um, it, it's pretty pretty blatant here, actually, on the flip side, because there are some some of the campaigns are, like, almost clearly racial. Um, I mean, racist is, is clear, like, clearly racist. And for the youth and for those who are advocating, advocating in colleges and things like that, which I've been um, recently – Dealing a lot with some kids from Morehouse, uh, from Georgia State, and they're all riled up. And I mean of different colors. They're, you know, regardless of whether it's white, whether it's black. And it, what it seems is that the younger generation, a lot of the, the youth, are really, really gearing towards the, the non-prejudiced side. They're, they're wanting it to be changed on a, on a larger spectrum rather than just within their own personal communities and around their friends. Um, and I see that very strong, and they're very voiceful about it. And they're very eager to, to vote. So I, I, I mean, and not just with the youth, but I think um, even, even for the older ones, for the older people, for the adults as well, but I really believe that when the youth come together, because a lot of them are rallying together, a lot of them are coming together in, in groups and communities, and they're, like, standing up, vote, 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 asking me, are you voting, where are you voting, da, 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 and giving their viewpoint. I think it's very important for, I think it's very important for all of us to get involved. And um, it's, it's definitely widespread here. I mean, it's, it's, it's a big deal here. 
And I almost, I, I feel like, I mean, I'm not, I'm not, uh, you know, originally from Georgia, as most people know. But to me, it seems like it's almost where people feel confident that the Democrat states is going to win. They're confident. That's not good. That's, That's not good. I mean, they 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 need to. To me, that 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 uh, signals complacency. They got to get out. I mean, you can't. You got to. No, get out. no. They're wanting to vote. No, no, no. They're feeling like no, oh, okay. not that. Oh, they're okay. feeling she's gonna win, and I don't need to vote. Concept. It's oh, okay. we're voting, okay, and they're confident that is she's gonna win because of the massive um, um, support that that she does have. And because of the blatant racism that's being demonstrated on the other side. And when I first saw a commercial, I swear to you, I thought it was, I thought that it was, it was a joke. And I asked, I asked my fiance, I said, was that, was that someone acting or was that like really a, was that a commercial? And he just laughed. He says, yeah, no, that's a commercial, baby. I'm like, oh, my God, like, they really do that? <laughs> like, that's, that's, that's legal? <laughs> it was crazy, so. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> it is, man. All right, that was some good stuff. All right, folks, listen, all right, coming up next, Chatterbox, uh, and on a need-to-know basis. It's been fun today. All right, NPR News Update coming up, and uh, we'll be right back after this. Let's get to the serious side. On a need-to-know basis with Jerome Esprit is coming up next here on the serious side of the J. Ryle Show. Irish President Michael Higgins won another seven-year term today with 56% of the vote. The presidency is largely a ceremonial position in Ireland. Voters also approved a referendum to remove the crime of blasphemy from the Irish Constitution. It is currently illegal to publish or speak anything grossly abusive or insulting in relations to matters sacred by any religion. In Game 4 of Baseball's World Series, the Red Sox beat the Dodgers 9-6 in Los Angeles last night. Boston showed its trademark resiliency, scoring five runs in the ninth inning to earn the win. The Red Sox are now one win away from the ninth World Series championship in team history. WBUR's Shira Springer has more. The Red Sox role players provided the big late-inning hit in Game 4. It started in the seventh inning when pinch hitter Mitch Moreland launched a three-run homer to right field. Moreland says the Red Sox take pride in their depth and their ability to stage big comebacks. We're going to grind until the last out, the last pitch. And, uh, you know, we've, we've proven that all year. We've had a lot of come-from-behind wins. You know, we're, we, can, we can throw a big inning together pretty quick. With a 3-1 to series lead, the Red Sox have their first opportunity to clinch a World Series title tonight in Game 5 at Dodger Stadium. For NPR News, I'm Shira Springer in Los Angeles. The Marine Corps Marathon is underway. About 30,000 people are expected to run the 26.2 miles from near the Pentagon to the Marine Corps War Memorial in Arlington, Virginia. Organizers call it the largest marathon in the world that doesn't offer prize money. I'm Nora Rahm, NPR News in Washington. Back here, folks, 347 It is time for Chatterbox. Final thoughts from the world-famous chat room and from social media. And since we are short on time, I'm not sure if Convenient Man has left anything, Mr. Elias, but if not, I'm going to definitely yeah. jump into um, 
you got a lot of stuff here to read, so I'm going to try to get some of it out the way. Uh, but let me read here real quick. Um, Pastor Stephen Jones, Richmond, Texas, says, Jay, do me a favor. Please change some of the topics before Mr. Elias has a heart attack. <laughs> I'm praying for my brother. <laughs> pray for him. And don't pray for heart attacks, uh, uh, Pastor. Pray for that joke. That joke is rotten to the core. Thank you so much, Pastor. Ah, Mona from Augusta, Georgia. What a powerful show I am in Georgia, and I am so, so glad that you guys discussed this topic. There you go, Mona. Get out and vote. Do do the right thing. Mitch from Wisconsin. I attended President Obama's rally. He is still the most powerful figure in the nation. Kudos. I'll give you that. Stephen from Gary, Indiana. What's up, my brothers from the 219? Good to see two brothers from the hood making a difference. Yo, Jay, hit me up when you're in town. I love this show. Uh... Steven, I don't know you, man. Uh, you have to give me more information than that. <laughs> I don't know who this guy is. <laughs> All right. And that being said, you know what time it is. Five, four, three, two, one. The first lady dazzles on election night in a... Tell me what you want me to do. Pledge All right, it is time for me and Mr. Elias's favorite show, favorite part of the show, I should say. It's time for on a need-to-know basis with Mr. Jerome Esprit. Jerome, man, what do you have going on this morning? Okay, since it's normal for me not to call Jay out on this segment, I'm going to do it. On oh, this boy. One. <laughs> Jay, oh, Lord. You can't say you don't know Steven. His name could have been Scooter back in the days. You know how we do. Don't be calling out your friends. <laughs> <laughs> I know. 
you, we can see this coming a mile away. And it's it's funny that they're still trying to run on it. But you know how this goes. You got a week till election. And again, when reality starts setting in, we don't have to contradict what they're saying. They're contradicting themselves by saying, um, yeah, we support um, we support people who are, uh, what is it, pre-existing conditions. They're all lying. And so you know that they're lying because they ran against getting, getting rid of Obamacare. And the people who like them are still backing them. But I, I guarantee you, although they're backing them because they don't like them, I guarantee you they're not voting for them. Because wow. they don't want their health care gone. And that's what they're doing. So although exactly. they don't want, like the Democrats, they are not going to support somebody getting rid of their health care. Hmm. believe that. When, you know, that's not going to happen. Now, orders for goods manufactured in U.S. factories slowed dramatically in September, according to the Commerce Department. Also, the Labor Department said that new applications for unemployment benefits rose by 5,000 last, last week. It's still a, still a low of 215,000, but it still rose. So unemployment rose a little bit, um, but um, factory demands slowed. <clears throat> now, scientists have classified 18 volcanoes as a very high threat because of the activity and the proximity to people. So the U.S. Ge- Geological Survey has updated its volcano threat assessment for the first time since 2005. The danger list is topped by Ho- Hawaii's um, Kilauea, which is, has been interrupting this year. The others in the top five is, Saint Mount, uh, is Mount St. Helens. And I remember that um, when I was in high school or something that that thing blew. Mount Rainier in Washington, Alaska's uh, Redoubt volcano in california's mount shasta those are the top five so wow but they have 18 volcanoes noting that there has been 120 eruptions in the u.s since 1980 wow yeah we don't think about it but you know the u.s yeah we kind of look at it as like oh that happens in other places but the u.s has more volcano eruptions than anybody place else on this planet the U.S. does. Mm. 120, so, that's a lot, man. Yep, 120. So they said 11 of 18 very high-threat volcanoes in Oregon, Washington, California. There's been a lot of st- speculation of the super volcano, which is Yellowstone Park. Uh, or, um, Mike Poland, the scientist in charge for Yellowstone's Volcano Observatory, said that we don't have any indication that Yellowstone is doing anything abnormal but Yellowstone is actually a huge volcano. Most people don't know as it's Yellowstone. They're like, what's those vents coming out? That's going to be lava, kid. <laughs> like, you need to know Yellowstone is a volcano. All right. Now, um, Amazon tried to sell its controversial facial recognition system to the U.S. government as a way of catching illegal immigrants. So remember when... You, you want to talk about putting um, tape over your camera when you have a smartphone or a cell phone or a tablet or a laptop. Amazon took their facial recognition system. Um, they took it offline because they said that it invades people's privacy. As you know, Facebook has one as well. They said it invades people's privacy. But they tried to sell it to the government to catch a- illegal aliens. So if you're in here illegal... Um, Please don't use your um, your Android system because Amazon is trying to sell it. They didn't buy it. 
probably because they have their own. But that's a whole other story. I'll talk about that later. All right. Uh, Ford is to recall 1.3 million Ford Focuses because the fuel system flaws can cause an engine to stall without warning. So beginning on December 10th, it covers all 2012 and 2018 models with two-liter four-cylinder engines. So they're advising keep the gas tank at least half full until repairs are made. Ooh, I'm glad I don't drive a Focus. <laughs> it's so <on> easy now. <laughs> You got to keep it half full. They keep oh it half full. Avoid it from cutting off. Yeah. Boy, wow. back in the days, boy, remember them days? You like, well, give me two dollars. Mm-hmm. Like, you just want a couple bucks for this. <laughs> and half full is a lot to some people. Yeah. <laughs> now, the yeah, um, I don't know why we complain anyway, because that's how we roll anyway. Half take. Exactly. Half take, Harry. <laughs> Yeah. Hey, Ford should be sending people uh, gas cards because keeping my car half full is a problem. <laughs> now, um, you know, there's a Facebook has revealed that it it removed 8.9 million images of child nudity in the last three months, and it's unveiled wow. a new anti-grooming AI software. I don't know what that means, but the the AI rollout over the last year identifies images that contains both nudity and a child. So it allows increased yeah. enforcement of Facebook's ban on photos that shows minor, minors in sexualized context. Now, wow. You know, yeah, I know you talked about this earlier in the show, um, Jay, but at the same time, you know, LES did say he just hate having cameras and hate monitoring. You can't do this, right? So, but... If you post it on somebody else's um, system, they have a right to take it off. But just gathering data on people is a little bit different. So Facebook is saying since you're putting it on Facebook, they can take it off. They, you don't have to show sexualized content of children. Should be illegal. Yeah. Uh, it but, should be. Yeah, you would you would think it's unethical as heck, but you would think it should be illegal. All right, so last year, the flu killed 80,000 Americans and led to another 90,000 to be hospitalized. So the flu shot is the best protection against the virus, but simply washing your hands can remove the virus from your skin. So as we talk about salmonella and a bunch of uh, E. coli, stop being nasty, in the words of Brown from Meet the Browns. Stop being nasty. Cut your hands. <laughs> that don't make no kind of sense. All right, so cocaine overdose uh, overdoses surged in the U.S., hitting a record high, according to the CDC. In the last 12 months, 14,205 people died of cocaine or overdoses, overdoses, according to the Center for Disease Control and Prevention. Um, they said the drugs increasingly laced with the powerful opioid fentanyl. Now, this, you know, you think of heroin and meth and all these other things, but Cocaine is making a comeback. Wow. Words of Whitney, crack is whack. So cocaine, <laughs> if y'all have that, stop doing cocaine, too. I, I, I don't yeah. believe that we'd have to name every drug to stop doing, but apparently they're singling them out. Now, a former South Carolina priest who was 76 is sentenced to 20 years in jail for taking two schoolboys under, under the age of 14 across state lines and raping them. Now it's the second. The sexual, it's the second 
sexual abuse conviction for this guy, Waylon Yoder Brown, who's 76. He was brought to court in a wheelchair where he pled guilty to nine counts of criminal sexual um, conduct with a minor um, in Buford County, South Carolina. He's already served five years of a 10-year sentence in Maryland for sexual abusing two other boys. So Pope John Paul II dismissed him from the priesthood in 2004 after his conviction, but he faced up to 210 years in prison for his crimes, but he took a plea deal, so he got five. There you go. Damn. I know. They will not. They are show up in a wheelchair. And he, he, he comes he, in a wheelchair. Did he have a wheelchair? Kind of kids. Which thing? Wow. Uh, did he have a wheelchair? He's gonna show up in a wheelchair. That wheelchair yeah. he's trying to rape the kids. <laughs> exactly. <Bastard. laughs> I'm with you. I am completely with you on that. Now, um, black early voters in North Carolina, uh, uh, early voting volunteer in North Carolina, is menaced by a gun-willing, tattooed, white, two white folks calling him the N-word. And he's a Republican. So the police in Charlotte, North Carolina, on Wednesday arrested Jason Wayne, 28, for allegedly menacing a black GOP volunteer. I'm not going to say his name, but I should, because so, he shouldn't be a GOP volunteer. But anyway, they hurled racial epithets at him at the polling place, and he was helping the Republicans. So any, any black person who supports Trump and Republicans and racist stuff, I usually look at them like they're crazy, because... This is the crowd that you're voting for. So, people who hate you, you are supporting them. See how that feels. I don't but know, Jerome. When I when I put on my hat, it makes me feel like a superhero. <laughs> and just a little bit off my meds. That hat go off. It looks like my meds have worn down. They lied there. I know. Uh, (laughs) Now, thousands of Swedish people, thousands of Swedes are getting microchip microchip IDs inserted into their hands to swipe into their homes, their offices, concerts, and even social media. So they're getting this planet chip that allows them to, you know, pay for stuff like an ATM card. So to replace cash and tickets and... um, it's, it's a chip the size of a grain of rice, by the way. But they are voluntarily getting microchips inserting into them. Uh, now, no I don't know how you. lazy you are, but just like people with their house keys, when they lose their house keys, get another one. But you do not have to get anything implanted in you. But they're doing mm-hmm. it in Sweden. It's the, it's the end thing. No, thank you. Well, no parts of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know, that's right. Now, um... Air pollution is to blame for up to 33 million asthma-related emergency hospital visits around the world as um, particles from cars and factories damage our lungs. This is according to researchers from George Washington University in Washington, D.C. They say that more laws are needed to protect people from pollutants, which could cause around 1 in 10 asthma-related emergency room admissions. There's no global warming either, though, so... We'll see how that flies with um, with your lawmakers. Okay, now here is I can't say this is my favorite of of, of the um, of the day, but you know they're saying that 
there's a new smoke alarm that's going to go on the market, and they're saying that smoke alarms that tell children to get out in their own mother's voice is better at waking them up and leading them to safety. So, so a new study <laughs> led by <laughs> Nationwide Children's Hospital in Ohio. Why is that called, funny? I think that's uh, a good idea. Well, Look, man, because I can imagine my mother like, what, get your ass up and get out of here. Oh, okay, well, okay, we can't use yours. <laughs> no, no, that's why it's my favorite they don't. They don't realize there's a cultural difference. My mother. By the time I heard her, it was like the fourth time she came in here, so she's yelling. So if you hear your mother <laughs> going, "Get up, there's smoke," you're like, "Mm-hmm, five more minutes." And then you hear like, "Get your with LAS at." <laughs> that smoke alarm will work, but it will be hilarious because <laughs> your mom will be yelling at the house. <laughs> now, I don't know, Jay. Now, I'm just saying, like a calm voice. Can wake some people up. I can hear my mother's voice in my head, but I don't know waking me up. You might need to put a little bass in your voice. When you want to wake kids up, yeah. Here's a funny thing. My mother wasn't the most gentle person, so. Let me tell you my humor. I think I was in junior high, and my mother must have been calling me. Uh, a bunch of times to wake me up And by the time she um, I actually heard her She was actually standing on my bed And she said get up And I looked at her and I said who are you And she laughed and said get up Because <laughs> I'm like, I looked at her like Who are you and why are you uh, standing over me So at least I had a sense of humor back then Because I would have got beat down For not getting up Alright girl we have time for two more stories man <laughs> That's funny I like that okay. Alright so, um, so, okay, so poly, uh, um, polyamorous women say that marriage, and I'm not going to explain this because of the kids, because it is Sunday, say that marriages should be um, two year, a two-year rolling contract to spare couples the trauma of divorce. So a woman in Britain said after a survey, you know, found that one quarter of 18 to 24-year-olds think that marriage should be a temporary contract with a renewal date, they're actually saying, that sounds like a good idea. I do want to ask you guys what you think, but I know I don't have a lot of time. But that seems like um, that seems like trouble. That's like meeting somebody and be like, look, I'll be free in, like, December um, 17th. <laughs> Just call me. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds like trouble. Oh, my God. Yeah, like, man. Right. So, so technically, if before you renew your contract, there's, like, a seven-day window, is that like a... Is that like a day of uh, hedonism? Like, I don't know what to call that. The uh, purge? Uh, give you one day pass. free? Oh, man. Yeah, you don't want, you don't want that. Now, no. <laughs> now the um, socialite, right. uh, socialite, I guess is what they call it, and daughter of late Reskin owner um, is um, Jacqueline Kent Cook. Remember the Kent Cooks owned the Washington Red- Reskins? Yep. Mm-hmm. Well, yep. Her, his daughter, who's 30, Pled guilty to smashing a Jewish man over the head with her glass purse, and um, and some anti-Semitic. She gets apparently yelled at him. Um, Anti-Semitic um, um, confrontation is what they're calling it, and she'll only have to serve three days in jail. Oh, and she cut him bad. She got three. Sense. Yeah, yeah, well. that sounds about right. A rich girl, mm-hmm. three days in jail. That's it. Yeah, well, I'd I'd I'd, well. I'd, sue, I'd sue the hell out of her, man. I would. 
Oh, I'm sorry. Well, there it I'm is. sorry, Jay, to end on the down note. But Campbell's Soup, the woman who made um, um, Campbell's Soup a green bean casserole, she died at 92. I thought culturally right. that was white. Thank you very much. Yeah, green bean casserole. She died. I love green bean casserole. I, I mean, I'm, like, I'm not being funny. I love it. I think it's. Yeah. I love. Yeah. Uh, and, I love and, it. I really do. Praying, I do. And we're praying that you come home every day, there, Jay. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank you. All right. Final thoughts before before we get to our final. Well, back actually, I'll read his comments uh, doing my final thoughts. All right. Final thoughts, real quick, Doctor Princess Odia. We're under two minutes. I'm sorry, we're under ninety seconds. Final thoughts. Uh, all right. Well, first of all, I just want to say great show, everyone. It was wonderful to join you this morning. And I, I also want to say it is very, very, very important to vote, to get involved with your community. If you are not going to vote and you're not going to make take action for change, then stop talking about what you don't like. It's really all up all to right. you. Transformation, it is so, and the change starts first in the mind. I love every last one of you. Right. Have a great and fabulous week, and don't forget to visit me online at bountifulgroup.com. Okay, thank you. Glad you were here. Can't wait to see you again soon. All right, uh, <laughs> Jerome, man, final thoughts. Well, everybody have a good week, and I defer to LES. Make it hot. All right, and there's a man. Segue to you, sir. Final thoughts. Look, the midterm elections are upon us, folks. Uh, next week, get out and vote. November 6th, fellas and girls, get out and vote. Get your things in order and get out and vote. If you don't vote, you don't have a voice. All right. Johnny D has checked on our, on our last topic. He said this is a perfect example of, well, we're 10 seconds out, so we're going to lose a live audience. We'll see you next Sunday. And uh, remember, if it's Sunday and we're talking serious stuff, it is the serious side. Meanwhile, folks who continue to listen to us podcasts and live and through the normal mechanisms, this is just a normal show for you. So let me read Johnny D's comments, and then well, I'll give you my final thoughts. All right, so uh, this is a perfect example of a candidate, DeSantis, with Trump ideology, is unprepared to lead. Several years ago, he was able to play the Gulf War slash Soldier Boy agenda to get elected in a particular fluent Florida district in order to become a congressman. Although Gillum has some skeletons in his closet, as most people do, his position regarding his management has improved. Clearly, he is more qualified and dignified than, than DeSantis. The uh, Hispanic Latino vote will be critical in the Florida gubernatorial race in order for Gilliam to win the state. Also, the Georgia race will come down to the rural voters in the southern and eastern part of that state. I will say Mr. Kemp is very concerned about the early voting. And both states look for intimidation and and deliberate delays on November 6th. At polling states and polling sites, my prediction is the results will not be determined on election night. That's a good point. Both Republican candidates will protest the votes and string it out throughout the courts if they lose. That's a damn good point there, Johnny Dean. He says, final thoughts on challenging all concerned citizens to, to research the candidates, and once they are elected, hold them accountable. Three things that can't be hidden, the sun, the moon, and the truth. May God continue to have grace and mercy on us all. Well said. Final thoughts are real quick. I just want to say, people get out and vote, 
it's something that's important for you to do. Go back and listen to President Obama's uh, campaign speeches. I'm telling you, they will get you fired up. And one last thing, please, 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 and I know you guys who have been listening to us for years have never heard me say this as much as I've been saying this. Please go out and see the movie, The Hate You Give. It is must-see TV, a must-see motion picture for anyone who has the same pigmentation as everyone that's on this show. Go out and look at that movie. Matter of fact, we're going to talk about that movie next week. So that gives you one week to go out and see the movie The Hate You Give. Read the book. Be informed. It's a great movie. We'll have a conversation next Sunday. Mr. L.E.S., if it is Sunday and we're talking serious stuff, what time is it, my friend? It's time for the serious side of the J. Wow. Show. It's been a pleasure to serve you folks, and as always, it is our distinguished right and our distinguished honor to serve each and every last one of you. So for Dr. Princess Odea, for Jerome Esprit, for Mr. Elias, for Johnny D, I'm Jay Rao, saying have a great work we can remember if it's Sunday and we're talking serious stuff. It is the serious side. We'll see you next week, guys. God bless. Have a good work week. You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. 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 Network.